Welcome to the Swim Swim Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today, I've got a very special guest. She is a former U.S. national team member, NCAA All-American for Cal, and now marathon swimmer and record breaker, Catherine Cat Breed. How's it going? <laughs> it's good. How are you? It's it's Christmas Eve. We're we're in full holiday swing. Are you doing anything for the holidays? Yes, um, I am actually like this dressed up because I'm heading down to do Christmas uh, with my family and boyfriend uh, in Santa Cruz. Nice guy. I'm I've my my family's in Missouri and um, I live in, I live in Texas and uh, Santa Cruz. That just sounds so nice, so temperate. Texas is pretty nice right now in Missouri. It's like, God, it's going to be snowing and cold. And I'm a big baby about weather. And anyway. Uh, yeah, I definitely can't <laughs> complain about living in California. It's Bay Area weather is pretty solid. Yeah. Um, but sorry, holiday stuff, weather stuff aside, let's get into <laughs> swimming. So you, I, I want to start with with maybe the longer stuff. Um, I mean, you're, you're a marathon swimmer now, and, um, I think you got into that maybe four or five years ago. Can you, I mean, for, for pool swimmers, that just sounds so intense, so long, you know, it's like what marathon swimming. I mean, that's what you do on land. It's not what you do in the water. And so, um, for you, how did, how did this pique your interest? how did you get involved in swimming, you know? crazy distances like this? Yeah. So I graduated Cal in 2015 and I wasn't ready to hang up my suit, but I didn't want to do master swimming and be tied to the times in the pool, knowing what I used to swim. I'm sure a lot of swimmers can relate to that. So I had some friends introduce me to the dolphin club. It's an open water swimming club in San Francisco. And I started doing their club races that were anywhere from one mile to three miles usually current assisted. So you're going like 50 seconds per hundred. <laughs> it's pretty fun. So I fell in love with that. I fell in love with the community. And from my successes on those small races, some of the marathon swimming greats that are around now, like you should, you should check this sport out. Like, I think you'd be really good at it. And I said, absolutely not. Uh, I didn't even want to swim the mile in college. And I'm cannot swim 21 miles. That's crazy. But I'm not one to turn down a challenge. Um, and it kind of just kept like, I kept thinking about it, thinking about it. So I decided to do Lake Tahoe as my, my entry into marathon swimming. And it seemed like a safe one. It's in my backyard. I know Tahoe, it's fresh water. So I trained for that one starting in 2016. Um, and in 2017, I did it and I set the record for men's and women's for Lake Tahoe. And I think that swim, just the, how much I enjoyed it really is what kind of started this whole journey I'm on. You, what, what was, what was that record for Lake Tahoe? Um, I think I went, it, I always forget if it's 856 or 857. Um, and the record previously was 924, 
Um, yeah, and so it's 21 miles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's... The, it's a long way. <laughs> intimidating. Yeah. I mean, take if, if from what you remember, or if you remember, I mean, take me through, I guess maybe just briefly, you know, training for an event like that. So you, like you said, you started in 2016, the race was in 2017. Um, I mean, we all know what pool training is, but what is training for a 21 mile swim like, and then what was the actual race like? Yeah. So training for my swims has been a little different over the years. Like I just did Monterey and with the gyms closed, I didn't have the gym training, which I usually do. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say, so I'll just run you through what Tahoe looks like. It was pretty much swimming in the Bay Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday in the mornings at like 5am going to work. I did CrossFit at work Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then after work, I'd go swim like 5,000 to 7,000 in the pool by myself. Um, and as you, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, with, I trained out of a place of fear for Tahoe. So with my other swims, it's been a little bit more of a moderate training plan where during the week, I'm maybe hitting 20, 15 to 20,000 yards during the week on top of lifting okay. or trail running. So nothing crazy, but where it gets crazy is the weekends. I'll do anywhere from like four, two and a half hour sessions or an eight hour training swim or two, four hours or six hours, whatever I need to make the yardage goal. Cause I, I ramp up. Right. So if I started 20,000, you know, for a few weeks, then I have to get to 30, then 35, 40, 45, 50. So to get those extra yards, it's all over the weekend in longer training periods. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's it sounds like training for a, a marathon of a, a running marathon. Totally. Yep. You do, you do your long stuff on the weekends, you know, keep your base done, uh, keep your base solid throughout the week because I, I work, you know, I have a job now. I'm not a college athlete. Um, so it's, it's all about balance and making it work, but I do a lot of cross training. I think that's important um, for my mind and body. So I love trail running skiing and I surf a lot. So I'll count that as my swimming yardage. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, just, just things to keep my mind, you know, um, occupied. What's the full-time job? Uh, I'm in medical device sales. So I manage Northern California, Nevada. Okay. So yeah. So you, yeah. you're working nine to five. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I mean, I, I work a weird schedule, but yeah, <laughs> we can call it a nine to five. <laughs> Well, so you're working full time and then balancing training on top of that. Um, I mean, I guess what's, what strikes me is that that's a lot of time to put in, uh, mm -hmm. especially, especially on the weekends, you know, considering you're working a full-time job, what's, <coughs> what is in the last few years, like what's, what's your drive been? I mean, what, what motivates you to put in those long hours and, and try to, you know, conquer these races? Yeah, no, that's a good question. When I get asked a lot, I think one thing I have to hit on is I really strive for balance in my life. So I divide my years up kind of in seasons. So I have my winter season where I get to ski and surf and do all the fun things. And then for six or seven months, it's all about swimming. And I can compartmentalize that. Okay. I just have to focus on swimming for this period. <coughs> um, I, I, the reason I do it 
For one, I love the challenge. I love that I can go out there and mentally and physically test my limits. I mean, how often is it that we get to go and be in a situation where we get to see how tough we really are mentally and physically? Um, So I do, you know, I do a swim and I'm like, what if I'm a little tougher? What if I'm a little tougher? And that's what pushes me to keep doing harder swims or longer swims or colder swims. Um, I'm inspired by the people that I'm hoping to inspire by doing these swims, you know, the people that reach out to me afterwards saying, because of you, I learned how to swim or because of you, my daughter had confidence in this situation, or you talking about your mental health made me feel comfortable talking about it with so-and-so. So it's those things that I'm like, okay, like I'm making a teeny little difference in other people's lives. And that helps me to keep doing it. Um, you know, cause I think, I mean, I wouldn't do it if it was just for me, it's gotta be for something bigger. Yeah. Okay. So that, that, <laughs> that gives, that gives some context for sure. I mean, you touched on doing it for something bigger, you touched on mental health and you touched on life balance. Um, I mean, can you talk about the journey of finding that balance and what works for you? Because as you know, as many swimmers know, swimming can consume you and it, it can be really hard to find that balance quite often for, for swimmers. Yeah. I, I mean, I give all of the credit to Terry, uh, Terry McKeever, my coach at Cal for teaching us how to handle swimming. Um, there's a few things. And one is she wanted us to be strong women first um, and foremost and have fun in the water. And if we did those two things, then the fast swimming was going to come. So for me, it's about being a strong woman. It's about being a strong leader in my sport. And it's about having fun in the water. And if I'm doing those two things, I'm going to love what I'm doing. Um, and something else she taught us was your heart doesn't know what you're doing for exercise. Like sure your muscles know whether you're swimming or running, but your heart, your cardio fitness doesn't really know the difference between, you know, between your workouts. So for me, I kind of justify if I don't want to swim one day, or if it's not in my training plan, I'm going to go on a trail run and have fun on that trail run. So that's kind of where the balance comes in is it's just swimming. It's what we do. It's incredible. It's an amazing sport, but at the end of the day, it's, it's just swimming. And I think it's important for people to find that balance, to be strong people, strong leaders in the sport and have fun while doing it. Um, I think a lot of times we get so stressed out about the performance aspect before we think about, am I having fun? Am I being a leader in my sport? And I think sometimes that's backwards. So that's how I kind of go around my marathon swimming. Um, with that said, I've been swimming since I was four. Um, and it's probably the last two or three years I've finally really embraced what that means. So <laughs> this isn't to say I've had this train of thought when I was a 14-year-old club swimmer. You know, this is something I've worked years on to recognize. And I think it takes a lot of time to recognize, to get to that point of of finding that balance uh, and and starting to really see, okay, this is this is how swimming can play an optimal role in my life rather than this is how swimming can take over my life. Or, you know, I think it's a good thing, but maybe in actuality it's not. Um, I mean, in, up up to these last few years, can you describe what role swimming was playing for you, maybe in a, in a healthy or unhealthy way? 
Yeah, swimming was always, swimming's always been my safe space. Um, you know, in middle school and high school, home could be hard sometimes, and swimming, um, I swam on the Pleasant Seahawks and with Coach Steve, like, that was my safe space. That was where I'd go and I'd work out all of the stress from the day, from being a high schooler, from having to go home, from everything. And, you know, it just, it made everything okay. So for me, swimming was a safe space. And then I, we grew up sailing, we grew up in the ocean. So for me, the ocean and water is really associated with some of my best childhood memories um, of just having fun and playing, like playing with sea lions or looking at the tidal pools or scuba diving or my sister and I being on the beach all day. So those are the two strongest associations for me that water has is it's a safe therapeutic place and it's fun. Um, so I, I kind of forget what the question was, but those, it, I think it's, you know, that's how it used to be for me. And I had the, the pieces and now as I've gotten older, I've just been able to put the puzzle together. This is what it should be. This is what it should feel like. Yeah. So, so it, yeah, it sounds like we've got those pieces of, of fun. It's, it's, it's fun. It's, it has positive memories. And then, like you said before, you've got the challenge aspect of it. And that's, that's kind of where it seems like marathon swimming is that, that culmination. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, take me through maybe a training swim or a race in that open water um, maybe just generally, you know, what do you get from swimming so long, like you said, eight, nine hours um, in in the ocean? You know, it's not like swimming eight or nine hours in a pool, black line back and forth. It's like you're you're in open water. You're I mean, you're you're a part of nature at that point. Um, mm-hmm. Can you take me through just the emotions, the mentality of what that's like? Yeah, I can, we can talk about Monterey. I just swam Santa Cruz to Monterey, uh, 25 miles. Uh, I broke the record on that one in 12 hours, 42 minutes. Um, oh my gosh. Thank you. So, so many things happen during these swims, right? Uh, I mean, I'm starting on the beach at 9 PM, I think. So I started in the night. I do these swims throughout the night. I just have bathing suit on cap goggles, no wetsuit. Wait, um, why? <laughs> why do I start at night? Yeah. Uh, to avoid the wind. So generally for these swims, okay. you get a window um, and you want your window to have the least amount of wind because usually wind is what messes up swims more than anything. Mm-hmm. That's I faced that in my North Channel swim um, and it made a what should have been a nine hour swim an 11 hour swim. Okay. Uh, yeah. And 52 degree water. So those two oh hours made God. a difference. <laughs> um, but yeah. So Monterey, so I'm standing on the beach at 9 PM. Um, you know, I'm already terrified. Well, yeah, I'm, it is scary cause it's so dark out and I've got my crew there. I had people on the beach and I'm just trying to be as relaxed as I can, but I think the relaxed and anxious, I had a lot of nervous energy, which was fine. And then you get in and I start sleeping. And in Monterey in particular, uh, the first probably three or four hours were in very, very sharky waters, uh, like great white shark territory. Um, so I spent that, that first three or four hours just like trying to calm myself down, um, trying to just smooth into it. And then after four hours, 
I usually get from hour zero to four without talking, without doing anything. I take my feeds 10 seconds, go. Like I don't want any interaction with my crew. I want to get through those first four hours as smoothly, as quickly as possible. Once we get through that, then I'll do a check. Where are we? How far have I gone? What is the tide doing? You know, all these breaks are no longer than a minute. Um, and it's every 30 minutes I stop. So stop checking with my crew and then push on. Uh, in Monterey, Monterey was particularly hard because of how dark it was. The fog had settled in very thick, so we couldn't see the ocean from the sky. That's how dark it was. So for me, I was very much in my head from like 11 or 12 until six in the morning um, when we started getting first light and I could make the difference out between the sky and the ocean. Um, but you know, during the night, a lot of people ask me, what do I think about? And I just, nothing, my mind goes pretty blank because I say you get so many energy units per day or per event. And if I'm spending energy units, stressing out about a great white shark underneath me or wondering, am I going fast enough or wondering about things unrelated to my swim? I'm spending energy thinking about things that aren't going to help me with forward progress. Uh, two things. One, I feel like I'm listening to um, a horror podcast right now. This is <laughs> this is exhilarating, and I'm terrified. But also, so you're doing a great job. <laughs> um, but secondly, um, that's a that's I I hear what you're saying about I don't think about much. In my personal experience, that is exceedingly difficult to do. Have you is that something that you have had to wrangle in to tailor to work on and practice throughout your time as a marathon swimmer? Um, no, actually, for, yeah, no, I, 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 I hear your question is totally valid because I do know a lot of marathon swimmers that do a lot of brain training, and Lord knows I struggle with anxiety and overthinking, but marathon swimming is the only place I shut off. Um, and it's actually kind of incredible. Uh, so I'm, I, I feel lucky that it just happens naturally. Um, so I don't know, maybe, maybe you should try marathon swimming. <laughs> God, I would pee my pants. <laughs> like, you don't have to do it in Monterey. <laughs> uh, Touche. All right. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Um, so that's, so, so that is like an automatic meditative state for you, which is yes. very cool. Okay. Yeah. Please continue. Yeah. So swimming through the dark, um, while I'm swimming through the dark, I should also mention I'm getting stung in the face and arms by jellyfish the whole time. Um, you're really selling me. <laughs> yeah. It's so fun. It's the best. Um, so sunlight comes up and you know, I get a brief moment where I can see shore, but the problem, the thing with marathon swimming is when you can see shore, you're still like three hours away from finishing and it doesn't look any closer until you're about 500 yards out. So it is such a mind, you know, <laughs> like seeing short. So I was actually grateful that the fog came back in and covered it up. So I was like, okay, cool. Don't know where I am. Um, and during that time also there were whales behind me. So my crew got to see whales, a pot of whales. I swam through whale poop, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was, it was kind of this moment. There's always a moment in marathon swimming when the sun comes up, there's a moment of hope of like, I'm going to finish this. I'm, I'm going to get to the other side. Um, and then it's this like new energy. So I just kept pushing, kept pushing. They kept telling me 
you're right on record pace. You're right below record pace. And I'm like, oh my gosh, if I go as hard as I can for two hours after having already swam for 10 hours, I can get this record. And you find another level. Like I always find another way to like make my legs kick six feet kick, pick up my tempo, pull harder. Um, and, and then I get to shore. Um, usually it's really anticlimactic. I touch the shore, get back in the boat and that's it. Monterey was special in that it was local. So I had like news people there and friends were on the beach and I just, I felt really overwhelmed and happy to see people there supporting me. Um, and I did it to raise awareness for diversity and aquatics. So I'm really happy with the attention that it got about, um, getting more people into aquatic activities. But yeah, I don't know, marathon swimming, there's so many different layers to it. There's like the swimming and then there's the feeding and then there's the wildlife and the currents and the wind. So it's hard to like summarize all of it up into just like this nice little package of this is what a marathon swim is. Yeah, so I let's get into some of these layers. Um, <laughs> so feeding, first of all. You know, it's like, I've, I've, we've talked, we've talked to open water swimmers who are swimming, you know, five, 10, even 25 K's at, at international meets. Um, we've talked to feeding about them and it's like, you know, I've talked to marathon runners, you know, obviously nutrition for that I'm assuming is may, might be a little different. So what does nutrition look like for a swim like that for you? Yep. So every 30 minutes I stop and I get a water bottle thrown at me, um, I used to do honey stinger gel because I just, I really like simple whole foods. So I do honey stinger gel on almond butter as a treat and then maybe a baby food um, just because it's like an applesauce basically. But recently I switched to infinite. Um, it's a powdered carb mix. There's some protein. I have some caffeine in mine, amino acids, um, a certain number of calories, carbs. So I'm getting about 250 to 250 probably 250 to 350 calories an hour um, and like 50 to 70 grams of carbs uh, and maybe 10 grams of protein. So there's a lot in that mix and it's great because it comes in six to eight ounces of water and I chug it and go. Um, some swimmers will have treats for themselves. Um, while it's a nice idea, I never actually take the treats because for me, every minute is important on a swim and I can have a treat when I'm done. Um, so I don't mind suffering through not having the best food, but it's about efficiency and getting in the right calories because it also helps keep me warm. Um, having that food gets your internal metabolism going. Yeah. Is there, is there ever a time when you, I'm assuming no matter what, you know, you have six to eight ounces of, of liquid and nutrition. I'm assuming yep. you, you take all of it no matter what. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I take all of it no matter what. Sometimes my crew will up it a little bit if they're noticing that I'm hungry, if I'm going slow or slowing down, or maybe I'm not feeling great, they'll up it for me. And that's the importance of having a good crew that can read those things before it gets detrimental, before it's like, you can't fix it. Um, yeah, warm water. So yeah, I pretty much always have that. I check in with my crew to make sure I'm peeing. I know that sounds kind of silly, but if you're not peeing for 10 to 12 hours, you, you don't have enough fluid or something's going wrong with your body. So, um, 
that's kind of another funny thing marathon swimmers have to think about. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny, but yeah. it's, as you said, seems very important. Is there ever, <laughs> I mean, I'm guessing not, but is there ever a time when you get to the nutrition, you're like, I don't want it, but you, you have to take it anyway. No, I, I pretty much always am okay taking it. Um, sometimes I might switch it last minute and be like, Hey, can you give me something else? But that's usually more on training swims where I have more time, um, to like be picky about what I want to eat when I'm in a race, not a race, an event. Um, I'm very dialed in and just kind of push through it. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Um, so the wildlife aspect you know, obviously you said there's sharks, there was whales, uh, getting, I mean, I've never gotten stung by a jellyfish. I've talked to lots of people who have, you said you're getting stung in the face. I mean, is, is, is that, that just comes with the territory. I mean, I'm guessing you just keep swimming. Yeah, it does come with the territory. There's some swims that are known for jellyfish, uh, the North channel, Ireland to Scotland is known for jellyfish. I swam over probably 150 jellyfish. I only got stung once because they were all below the surface. Um, I know some people that have been hospitalized from that. Uh, Monterey is known for jellyfish. I went in panicked about the jellyfish. Um, I put something on my skin called Safe Sea and it basically is the same chemical as a sea anemone. So it counteracts the sting. So I think that helped a little bit. Um, but at the end of the swim, I had marks all on my wrists from grabbing the jellyfish. So it, it hurt, but the sting, the sting was painful for maybe 20 to 30 seconds. And then it would sit there for a few minutes and then it would totally subside and go away. So it got to the point where I was kind of welcoming the stings because my shoulders were in so much pain. My hip flexors were cramped. And I was like, at least the sting is like a pain that I can, I can manage. I can deal with, I can name that pain for a couple minutes. It can be my distraction. So I know that sounds kind of weird, but those are the games you've got to play with yourself when everything hurts. I'm like, okay, what pain do I actually want to focus on jellyfish thing? Um, so with that said, it wasn't that bad. Some people will say differently. <laughs> and what is, and this is where I say I'm not crazy. <laughs> right. <laughs> So what portion of the swim are like, are the jellyfish all along it? Or is there like a certain section where they're more populous? Yeah, it was worth, uh, in the middle of the night, I went through a couple pockets and then in the morning they were everywhere for like two hours. Um, I mean, I was trying to count like how many I was passing over every single stroke. And I think it was like 10 per stroke and I take 60 strokes a minute. So you do the math with that. Um, <laughs> um, but I mean, I'm not getting stung by every single one of those. A lot of them are below me, but the, the end of the swim was, there were a lot of them. I think there's a picture on my Instagram and you can see me just swimming through them. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Um, and so again, kind of back to the, the mental aspect I mean, you know, you said you're freak, freaking out from jellyfish. You terrified from the sharks, which, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, do you do anything? Do you have any strategies? Do you do anything specifically to calm yourself down? Or is that just kind of, is that what the swimming does? 
The swimming does that. Um, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm scared when I start the swims, but once I'm in the water, I'm not getting out of that water unless there's something that's really unsafe for me or my crew, um, or like someone's going to die. <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm going to do everything in my power to get to the other side. So while my body feels nervous and feels terrified, my mind's pretty calm and that whatever happens is going to happen. Um, and I just kind of embrace that, uh, Monterey, I was really fortunate that there were a lot of bioluminescence. So every time I put my hand in, it was like glitter everywhere. And that focusing on that helped me a lot. I also, this is kind of weird, but sometimes I like talk to the ocean. Like I personify her a little bit and just be like, can you help me? Like, I'm really nervous or, okay, I need to calm down. And when you're alone in your head for that long, I think those little mind games are helpful. So yeah, I don't know. I just kind of talk to the ocean and try to be calm and just um, one stroke at a time and I'll eventually get there. <laughs> the Personifying the ocean seems like a very good strategy. I don't know how you couldn't either talk to yourself or talk to something else. And so that makes a yeah. lot of sense to me. Um, I know people who have done uh, or like ran hundred mile races or, you know, like 24 hour plus races. Um, I know it's at a certain point, they talk about how they start hallucinating, um, especially at night. Is there, is there any sense of, of that for you during a race like that? No, I haven't gotten that swimming. Um, I have gotten that crewing for a swim. Um, I had just been up all day and then I, I got right on the boat to kayak across the Tahoe swim and I started hallucinating a little bit. So I just took an hour break and, and took a nap and then got yeah. back in the kayak. But yeah, no, those, those hundred mile races are pretty crazy. I just did a triathlon where it was a 21 mile swim, 400 mile bike ride, 135 mile run. Oh, I did it as a relay and our okay. runner. I was going to yeah, say, yeah. you didn't do people, that. People do this solo. People do this solo. Oh but, um, the runner towards the end, I mean, he was running for, how long was he running? 30 hours, I think. Um, he Sorry, started how, how long did you say the run was? 135 miles. It's the Badwater Basin course. So he was running for about 30 hours or so after having been awake for my swim, for the bike, then he goes into the run. And he was hallucinating really badly. And it was the first time I saw it. Um, so it's actually, it's pretty crazy to see it as a spectator. Uh, how ultra runners get into that state and then keep going. Um, that's, that's a whole different level. I don't know anything about with my swimming. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I used to run with some ultra runners and yeah, I mean, hearing, hearing some stories about that, it's just like mm -hmm. it's a whole different level, like you said, but um, that's really interesting. And so the, one of the last points I want to hit on is like you said, um, in the morning, there's a point and I was going to, I was going to ask this before you explained it, you know, I was going to ask, was there a point where you kind of, it's this emotional breakthrough or turning point where it's like, I'm going to make it. Um, and, and you, you described that as kind of when the, when the sun starts coming up and you, um, you, you kind of realize, okay, this is it. This is like my second wind. Um, I mean, um, emotionally does, is there, were there other significant points in that swim specifically where, um, 
not a breakthrough, but just where, where you remember like, Oh, this was, this was a big moment or, you know, I, I, I broke down, I started crying or, you know, it's like moments you remember from that race. Yeah. I, you know, I, I do this thing when I, when I swim where I, I do resets. So like every four hours or every two hours in my mind, I'm like, this is a new swim. So I, I keep them in these little pockets and so that, that's helpful. But I had this moment where for just a second, this, the sky cleared and I could see a bunch of stars above me and all the bioluminescence below me. And I just had this thought of like the stars above me are all the women who have like done these things before me and like whatever these things are, but have laid the groundwork for women to do incredible things. And then the bioluminescence are all the women that are like supporting me currently and on my boat I had two women who had done Monterey um I was the fifth woman to do Monterey sixth person overall so and I had two of those women on my boat so that was like pretty incredible for me um and then my mom was on the boat which is pretty special because I usually keep her out of the marathon swimming thing but I when the sun had come up they were all eating breakfast burritos and I kind of was like oh I hope those breakfast burritos are good (laughs) you know but then I like flashed my mom that I love this sign. And I think just like being able to share those little moments with her um, and with these women I really look up to is pretty special. So there's always moments like that on the swims that you, you, they stand out and it's never about the time. It's never about how fast you went. It's, it's those little moments along the journey. Yeah. Um, maybe kind of a, a, more overarching question to start to wrap this conversation up. I mean, just, we mentioned it earlier, but being, being a part of nature, you know, being fully enmeshed in it, whether it is through one of these marathon swims, or even like you said, surfing trail running, you know, it's, it's a totally different feel and you're still being active and, you know, pushing your body to the limits, but in a completely different, um, you know, much more elemental environment. Um, what have you gained from, from kind of transitioning from, you know, a pool swimmer to, to really getting out in nature and, and in being a part of the earth, um, over these last few years? Oh my gosh. Um, I think being able to separate success from a time um as a swimmer were you swim fast you had a good race you had a good meet you swim slow the tears will come you feel horrible about yourself I'm never going to be good again um I played that game for a lot of years and I know a lot of people that are going to listen to this know what that is you know and being in open water you are I can train as hard as I possibly can, I can do every single thing right. And these swims are still out of my control in the sense that mother nature is always going to win and that there can be winds that I didn't expect, or the tides and currents can be really strong, or you could get pulled out of a swim because there's a shark. Um, And it's just, it's surrendering to, I'm going to I'm going to train, I'm going to do all these things right. But then when I get in the water, I'm, I'm, I'm giving myself, I'm giving this effort to mother nature, to, to the ocean. Um, and I think that's 
a pretty cool way to still be able to swim and push myself, but not be so tied to the objective successes and failures of, did I touch the wall in this time? Um, so that, that's kind of a big thing it's given me. Um, it's, you know, the peace, the, the mental, like clarity, all those other things they say nature's good for. <laughs> that I, I love that answer. That's, that's super cool. And, uh, yeah, again, something you might not learn as you're competing in the pool, but certainly yeah. a really cool lesson, I think, to develop over, over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, to wrap this up, you know, looking forward, you, like you said, you did the Monterey swim, um, in September. Yep. And, uh, is there, is there another swim for you on the horizon? Do you have things you're looking forward to, um, moving forward into the new year? Um, yeah, I, I have some ideas. I'm going to keep them a little quiet right now because I haven't organized exactly how it's going to work, but looking at some that are around the hundred mile mark, um, and I'm looking to do either firsts or go after some pretty big records. Um, so that's, that's kind of my, my game plan. And this whole thing is probably going to be like a three to four year journey. Um, you know, it's going to continue on, but like what I have right now, my short term is certain swims that are going to lead up to kind of a finale in, in four years or so. So, yeah, I don't know. Some exciting things should happen. I, I want to do a lot in California in the Bay because it's my home. Um, but yeah, looking at some in Hawaii too. So I don't know. It will, it will be exciting. I'm just, I don't have them booked yet. So I don't want to commit, <laughs> you know, to say that's what I'm doing. <laughs> totally understandable i guess that means we'll just have to check back in yeah and uh, yeah. <laughs> and and keep up with your progress but um kat i really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and talk with me for a little bit and share your experience in marathon swimming it's it's been really cool to hear your perspective on it yeah thank you so much for having me and happy holidays <laughs> You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.